Saturday night, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing good. Welcome, Christian Television Network, and everybody else on every other platform. Be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Now, I've been I've been consumed lately. I've been focused on our criminal justice system. And again, I, I could spend, we have 55 minutes of fury tonight instead of 90 minutes of fury. I could spend all 55 minutes on it because of the things that continue to happen in the midst of our criminal justice system. And, and again, I just reiterate to everybody, I, I, I don't like to be redundant, but I'm always afraid that somebody hasn't actually heard this before. So I feel the need to say it again. It's almost like what I, how I preach on Sunday morning also. Please understand that unless you are living in the right jurisdiction, a judicially correct jurisdiction, you cannot get a fair trial. You may be like, it doesn't matter because I'll never commit a crime. Either is Donald Trump. He, he's up on how many charges right now and, and 40 different investigations all around the country. He hasn't committed any crimes. What crime did he commit, especially as president? What crime did he commit? Yet he's being brought up on charges in New York City. And you're like, well, that's no problem. That'll eventually be overturned by an appellate court. Yeah, at what level? At what level will it be overcome? And at what appellate court? The federal level? The Supreme Court? The state level? What will it be? And, and please understand this once again. I'm going to make this as brief as I can make it. If you, have a, if you have a district attorney write a probable cause affidavit with your name on it accusing you of a crime, please understand that you have now been charged with a crime. You're like, yeah, but I didn't commit a crime. And then the example that I always use is you say something like on social media, man, I can't stand the, the, the Democratic Party. No, let me make it a little, bit, a little bit more hardcore. I can't, I hate the Democratic Party. And there is a DA in Chicago, let's say, which of course, you know, is Kim Fox bought and paid for by George Soros, just like Twinkies Alvin Bragg in New York City, bought and paid for, put in place by George Soros, and they want to charge you with sedition. Let's say they want to they want to charge you with whatever they want to charge you with. But let's just say they want to charge you with sedition. Who's going to stop them from charging you? Well, Tom, I'm innocent. I didn't commit the crime. Doesn't matter. They put on an affidavit. That you, that you commit a crime. Yeah, but it doesn't meet the characteristics of the crime. It doesn't matter because the state attorney has put it on the probable cause affidavit. They're bought and paid for by Soros. Now it's going to a Soros bought and paid for judge or a Democratic Party uh, bought and paid for judge. It doesn't matter whether you've committed a crime or not. And then they get a warrant issued for you or a subpoena to a grand, uh, a grand jury or an indictment post-grand jury. Who's going to backstop any of this? Who would stop it? Well, some judge somewhere will do it. What, what, at what level? Because if they're all Democrats, the DA's Democrat, the judge is Democrat, the grand jury is Democrat, then it goes to a real jury and they're Democrat. The appellate judge is Democrat. The state appellate is, is Democrat. The state Supreme Court is Democrat. And who knows what our Supreme Court will do? In that? And you have about a one in a million chance of ever making it to the Supreme Court. Donald Trump will. You won't. I won't. So please understand, that is the situation that we are in. Let's go to the first one, Will. Here's from the Eastern District of New York. The verdict is in. Douglas Mackey has been found guilty. He's been found guilty of felonious memeing. I'm not exaggerating. I know most of you have seen this already. We're going to go into greater detail than that which is normal. He's been, he's been found guilty of a felony, of putting out a meme about Hillary Clinton. This is from the Eastern District of New York. Now, the first thing I want to say is this. This is bought and paid for by tax dollars. This is the U.S. attorney, by the way. 
This isn't just New York's tax dollars. This would be yours and my tax dollars as I sit in Sarasota County, Florida. And they, they put out political propagandist tripe like this. The verdict is in. Douglas Mackey has been found guilty. That is, that is, that is, that is non-political bias. They are completely and totally biased. As a state, a state attorney, U.S. state, this is the appellate. Like I said, there is no backdrop. He's been found guilty of felonious memeing. There was no terrorist threat. There was no pornography, nothing. I'll show you the meme in a minute. Nothing. This is in the state of New York. This will be the same in California, same in Washington, same in Oregon, same in Illinois, in any other, same in Massachusetts, same in Delaware, same in Connecticut. There's nothing to backstop this. You're like, eventually this will make it to the Supreme Court. Yeah, after Douglas Mackey is bankrupt, if it ever does go to the Supreme Court, the next, who will he go to next? He'll go to the state appellate court. Then he'll go to their state Supreme Court if they ever take the case. And they're all Democrats. All Democrats. Here's his felonious meme. Can you put it up there for me, Will? There you go. Here it is. This is the felonious, the felonious meme now. Oh, yeah, but I didn't commit a crime. He didn't either. He didn't either. He didn't commit a crime. He's going to prison for 10 years for a meme. You're like, Tom, that's hyperbolic. It's good. Listen, he can be sentenced anywhere from one to 10 years for memeing. And by the way, when did this occur? Uh, this occurred four to six years ago. I can't remember which. It had to be the it had to be the campaign. So it had to be 2015. So wait a minute. It's really six or seven years ago that this occurred. And just so everybody knows, let me make sure that I give this proper texture. Not one person was deceived by this meme. I'll read it to you. Vote for her, vote for vote from home, post Hillary using presidential, hashtag presidential election on November 8th. Type the word Hillary and post it uh, to Twitter or Facebook using hashtag, hashtag presidential election between 7 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern to cast your vote for Hillary from home. Stronger together. Okay, this was a joke. By the way, everybody knows this is a joke. Everybody knows that Douglas Mackey is an online prankster. Yeah, I can't remember his name on Twitter. He had a different name on Twitter. But everybody knew he was. And everybody knew it was a joke. And not one person tried to vote for Hillary this way. Not one person typed it into a phone. The FBI, who brought this felonious mopery charge, this felonious memeing charge against him, has no evidence whatsoever that it's had any effect on the outcome of an election. Unlike Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop that the FBI suppressed and called Russian disinformation... 28% of Democrats said they would have changed their votes if they would have seen what was on Hunter Biden's laptop. Whoops! Unlike unlike Twitter who suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop uh, uh, story from from the Washington Post. Unlike Facebook who did it. Unlike Google who did it. They all were the ones who who, who affected an outcome of an election, not Douglas Mackey. And by the way, once again, this isn't keeping anything off of the media. This isn't anything that reached galactic national levels they cannot they cannot pinpoint one victim of this felonious memeing if you're going to be if you're going to convict somebody of felonious memeing then you have to have a long line of victims correct this is the state of the judicial system in our country right now you better get the heck out of uh, out of blue states now you do not have this is this is a man who committed a this crime i believe he lives in florida 
It was dragged up to New York. It sounds familiar. Donald Trump lives in Florida. It's been dragged up to New York. Alex Jones dragged up to Hartford, Connecticut. Peter Navarro, 2DC. Bannon, 2DC. All to make sure they're in blue districts where you have a blue bond paid for Joros uh, Soros state attorney, a blue grand jury, a blue judge, a blue appellate court, a blue Supreme Court. And after 10 or 15 years of you languishing in prison for felonious memeing, you might get your case heard at the Supreme Court. This is where we are at right now. That's why you don't put masks on and elect these people. Tom, we didn't elect them. We put masks on, but we voted for Trump. The moment you put that 2020 swastika on your face, you legitimize the fraudulent election that brought in Joe Biden. So here's, that's what he could potentially go to prison for for 10 years. Go to the next one for me, Will. So here you go. Douglas Mackey was convicted for posting a, this is an amuse uh, tweet. Douglas Mackey was convicted for posting a joke meme about Hillary Clinton. He is facing 10 years in prison. Christina Wong, pictured below, and I'll show you both, both her video and her tweet, posted the exact same joke, but she's immune from prosecution because she has a D in front of her name. She is running. She's also now running for office. I'll bet. I wonder if she's running for a Republican office or a Democrat office. Shall we all guess together? She is running for office and is facing and is is facing no time in prison. She's not 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 only is she not facing time in prison, she's not been investigated. She did this seven years ago. Not one person has investigated. Where's the FBI? So let's look at what she did. Go to the next one for me, Will. So here's her tweet. Let me, let's, oh, I wish I could, I should have told my producer Aaron to put him up side by side if there was a way to do it. Here's the thing. Let's note it. Let's find the differences between the Douglas Mackey tweet and the Christina Wong tweet. Douglas Mackey, convicted of felonious memeing, facing 10 years in prison. Christina Wong walking around freely and running for political office. Hi, it says, hey, Trump supporters. Skip poll lines in election 2016 and text in your vote. How's that any different than Douglas Mackey? It's not different at all. Text, text, and, it, she, and Douglas Mackey didn't even do this. She says text votes, votes are legit. Mackey didn't even do that. Or vote tomorrow on Super Wednesday. She tells them the wrong day and how to wrongly vote. And nothing has happened to her. We are a third world. We're not even a third. We don't qualify in our court system as a third world country. We don't qualify. We're a fifth or sixth world country. This woman, this woman, they should be, they should be right next to each other at the Eastern District of New York being tried, right? Why is that not happening? There you go. That's right there. Oh, you're, you're awesome. There they are. Show me the differences. I know you can't see me now, but show me the differences. There are none. If not, you, if you go if you go line by line, Christina Wong's is worse. She puts the wrong day, and she actually espouses that texting votes is legit. Mackie didn't do any of that. Now here's her video. Here's a video. Remember, she's not facing any criminal charges. Douglas Mackie's facing ten years in prison. He's been investigated, brought before a grand jury, or had a had a grand jury and paneled against him, issued a warrant for his arrest, arrested, tried and convicted for felonious memeing. And by the way, he didn't even do a video. Here's her video. Play it for me. Hey, everybody. This is Christina Wong. And uh, I'm coming out. I'm a Trump supporter. And I just want to remind all my fellow Chinese Americans for Trump, people of color for Trump, to vote. 
Vote for Trump on Wednesday, November 9th. Really important day. We're going to show this country who's boss. And that's our man, Donald Trump. So don't forget to vote Donald Trump on November 9th. Now, what we have to do is start it. I put it out on Twitter. It needs to be a firestorm on social media. Hey, listen, what needs to happen now? And some of you may not like this because you consider it to be vengeful or tit for tat. I'm telling you right now, and it all goes back to like with Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas should have destroyed Anita Hill with defamation lawsuit. Then Brett Kavanaugh should have destroyed Christine Blasey Ford. The only reason why we have a Christine Blasey Ford is because Anita Hill wasn't destroyed by Clarence Thomas in a defamation lawsuit. And of course, Brett Kavanaugh hasn't destroyed Christine Blasey Ford until they are held to account for their actions. They will continue to do this stuff over and over and over and over and over again. It will never end. Christina Wong needs to be brought. Listen, if they can, if they can haul Douglas Mackey from Florida, and I don't know for sure he lives in Florida. I believe that he does. From Florida to New York, or Donald Trump, who his residency is in Florida. That's why Ron DeSantis has come out and said he will not extradite Donald Trump to New York under that felonious campaign financing. Uh, charge that isn't a felony that statute of limitations ran out two to two years ago uh, two years ago if it's a felony five years ago if it's a misdemeanor it's a, it's a charge that doesn't exist donald trump is being hauled before not hauled before a grand jury he's been indicted by a grand jury and is now being hauled in front of the court system in the eastern district of new york i'm sure it is the district alvin bragg's district being being brought forth on charges that don't exist you're like, that can't happen. It can. I told you. All that's to do is be put on an affidavit by a state attorney, by a district attorney, brought before a blue judge, brought before a blue grand jury, brought before a blue jury, and brought before the blue judge, blue appellate judge, blue state judge, blue Supreme Court judge, and you're finished. They'll sleep at night knowing they convicted you of crimes that don't even exist. Not just crimes you didn't commit. Crimes that didn't don't even exist. That's what Alvin Bragg is doing. Right now, that's, that's exactly what's happening. So we, we're, this needs to be handled. There are blue, like right now, the state attorney general of Florida needs to bring charges against uh, Christina Wong. State attorney, uh, Ken Paxton, state attorney, or uh, attorney general, I, I, state, the, the attorneys underneath them are state attorneys. The attorney general of Florida, the attorney general of Texas, the attorney general of Georgia, whoever, whatever red state you want to pick, needs to bring Christina Wong in on charges. It will never stop until we answer fire with fire. You're like, Tom, that's not Christ-like. Listen, forgiveness is for the repentant, not the unrepentant. Please read your Bible, Luke chapter 17, 3 and 4 take heed to yourselves if your brother sins against you rebuke him and if he repents forgive him and if he comes to you seven times in a day if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying i repent you shall forgive him that's the bible all this other superficial bull crap forgiveness is not big it's not biblical these people need to be brought to account they need to be brought for justice move out of their blue states hit them in the wallet whatever it takes that's what we need to be doing right here, right now. Oh, I got it right. Doug, my producer Aaron just confirmed it. Douglas Mackey lives on the other coast from me right here. West Palm Beach, Florida. West Palm, about four hours from here. All right, let's switch topics. Let's go back. A lot of people have forgotten about East Palestine. Here was, here was a video. It's from, from Eagles, Wing, Eagles Wing's tweet, but it's a Ben Burkwam video. And here's some video footage shot this week. Steve Bannon, Pandemic War Room, and his entire crew went to East Palestine this week. Then they all got sick, by the way. 
Bannon was out. It's, they all got sick. From some unknown, some unknown illness, beset them all. Bannon's out. He's back now, but he was out. They all got sick. I wonder why they got sick. I wonder why. Play the video for me. Yeah, it's actually really pretty in a spooky, spooky way. Look at that. Look at that. I mean, it really does look like that's insane. It looks worse than what I saw in JD Vance's video. And this is two months after they've supposedly cleaned this area. The crash site is about a mile up the, the creek here. Uh, we're right by this, these people's house here, right across the creek is where they've got the aeration going on. That's not really doing anything. And as you can see right here, we're back in town in East Palestine. I can smell it uh, very soon. My throat's gonna start getting sore. My sinuses are gonna get plugged up. And just, just look at this. I mean, it's just, again, two months after cleaning it and they act like everything's good. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, you don't wanna be here too long. And look how it just slowly keeps bubbling up. That's the best thing I can describe it as. It's the closest thing I've smelled to it. Absolutely epitomizes the government. That's their version of clean. Just like we have never... Who was who the shooter in Las Vegas? Uh, what was his motives? What, what, what was the outcome of that investigation? What's the outcome here? Uh, was it the EPA that lit it on fire? Norfolk Southern that lit it on fire? Local jurisdictions that lit it on fire? What exactly What exactly caused this? Now, what would cause it to be in all the creeks? You're like, well, it got into the groundwater. No, what happened was, is of course they did a control release. By the way, just so everybody knows, they've yet to clean up the ground. They released all that vinyl chloride into the ground as a control release and then lit it all on fire and you had the first mushroom cloud in the history of the United States. And that's where, that's, that currently is where we are at right now, two months later. And did you hear anything about it? Where's all the relief? Where's the billions of dollars? Oh, they're all 200 billion going to the Ukraine to fight a proxy war for the World Economic Forum. Where, what about the people of East Palestine? I mean, can you live there? Would you drink, would you drink anything coming, out of that, coming from that water supply? Would you live there anymore? Would you buy there anymore? Their house, their house values are not only decreased, they're now upside down. They're now in the red. Well, $100,000 home there is now, it costs you $100,000 to leave. It costs you $100,000 for somebody to buy it from you. That's where they're at. They don't care. That's, this, is what, this is where we are. This is the truth. This is, this is where we're really at. Everybody moves on from these things. Two months later, and you have chemicals percolating out of a stream. They've yet to dig up the ground where they let all the chemicals go into the, into the ground. They put rail tracks right over it. They yet, they yet to do anything with that. They're doing stuff with it, but they've yet to, to, two months later, yet to clean it up. And all of the spillover from their mushroom cloud. And we don't even know. And to this day, you realize nobody's taking responsibility for who lit all the vinyl chloride on fire. Nobody's taking responsibility. The EPA, EPA says it's Norfolk Southern. Norfolk Southern says it's local jurisdictions. Local jurisdictions say it's Norfolk Southern. Nobody has taken responsibility. And by the way, if nobody takes responsibility for it, it's the EPA's fault. What, Regan is his last name. I'm trying to remember his first name. The EPA director. It's his fault. Michael. Michael Regan. It's his fault. Just so everybody knows, that's what's currently happening two months later. Let's switch topics. Here we go again. We're going to a bunch of topics here at the beginning. Fox News, Biden administration, move forward, just so everybody knows. Look at that face. 
Moving forward with light. That's from Fox News. I didn't even do that. That's Fox News did it. Biden administration moving forward with light bulb bans. Just say, hey, there you go. Remember how they said they weren't banning gas stoves? And right now, what are they doing? Currently banning gas stoves. You're like, again, you, you think that I'm wrong on the judicial system. That just make things up out of thin air. That these people just won't, won't unabatedly lie. They'll absolutely just lie. They'll just lie. It's literally far. It's, it's literally just feathers in the wind and try to run them down afterwards. Just lie. They said they weren't banning gas stoves. They're absolutely banning sto- gas stoves. And now they're banning light bulbs. Here's the article the Bi- from Fox News also. The Biden administration is preparing to implement a sweeping nationwide. So they're going to take away more of your freedoms in the name of one of their tactics for their globalist narrative and their globalist agenda. Globalist agenda is what? Remember, the Democratic Party is a finger of the World Economic Forum, the leftist bourgeois globalist elite. They, all, they have many tactics for their one narrative, their one agenda, to leverage you into a one-world co- commerce system with a singular access point controlled by a tyrant. They, 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 they take away your options so that they control all the product. There are no options. They can, you only have one, so one, one way to light up your house now. There's only one company making up these light bulbs. And, there's only, you think of, and it goes down all the way through supply lines. There's only this supply line for this light bulb, so there's only one, one place to get it. And then they can control your access to it. If there's 75 different places in, in, in a city to buy light bulbs, in a, in a million different places to buy light bulbs, which we all need, by the way, would everybody, would everybody agree on that? If they can control where you can get them, then they can control what you do to get them. That's the point of it. Leverage you into a one-world commerce system with a singular access point, which, of course, will end up with a mark on your right hand or on your forehead. Right now, the, the skids being greased is, of course, vaccine passports, common passes, CBDC, and social credit systems. So you will do what you're told to do. You will vote the way that you're told to vote. You will have the opinions you're supposed to have. You will make the statements you're supposed to have, or you won't have access to the goods. You control the goods. You can control the buyer. Simple as that. Control the products. Control the consumer. But they're looking to control light bulbs. I didn't finish the article. Here we go. The Biden administration is preparing to implement a sweeping nationwide ban on commonly used light bulbs as part of its energy efficiency and climate agenda. Again, create a, they'll either cause a problem or create one out of thin air and then offer, your, offer you their totalitarian solutions, all to leverage you into that one world uh, economic system. The regulations, the regulations. Here we go again. Everybody, everybody thinks the Republicans are up there fighting for you. Where? Where are they fighting for us? Where? They're not fighting. There are real Republicans. There are real, real right-wingers like Jim Jordan, you know, Ron Johnson, Rand Paul, people who actually will vote their way out of a job. Those are the, that's how you measure them, by the way. But all, they, all, that, all the rhinos do is make the leftist agenda more palatable for you. They slow it down just enough so that you'll swallow it. And, and, and all the while deceiving you into believing, as they usher the leftist narrative forward, deceiving you into believing that they are there fighting for you and trying to stop the leftist agenda that they themselves are ushering forward. The, regula- the regulations which prohibit retailers from selling incandescent light bulbs were finalized by the Department of Energy. Anybody vote for that? Anybody vote for that? I didn't vote for it. In April, this was finalized in April of 2022, now being implemented, and slated to go into effect later this summer, August 1st, 2023. The Department of Energy will begin full enforcement. Full enforcement. You know what? I never like to see 
where you have the DOA, DOE, federal government, FBI, whoever it may be, who has that word enforcement as we hire 87,000 IRS agents. By the way, it's still happening because of Mitch McConnell, because of Tom Cotton, because of Mitt Romney, because of Susan Collins, because of Lisa Murkowski, because of Mitch McConnell. That's why we have all that. Just lumping in more and more giant swaths of debt. But here we go. The DOE will begin full enforcement of the ban on that date, August 1st, 2023. But it has already urged retailers to begin transitioning away from uh, the light bulb type and in recent months begin issuing warning notices to come. Warnings! Warnings and enforcement over light bulbs. I don't understand why it's so harmful for just, just to put a mask on. This is why! You think they're going to stop at a mask? They're never going to stop at a mask. Once you show that you are willing to bend over, they will do more. They will take more and more and more from you. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Then you have, of course, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 3, running to verse 8, where we're supposed to be the restraining. Not, we're supposed to be the restraint, not the compliant. Keep that, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind with these things. How much you can do now? I don't know. I didn't even know. I honestly didn't know this was happening. This is a surprise. Of course, because it's all done by the D.C. swamp. It's done by unelected bureaucrats, by status, people that, this is the thing, and I'm, and I'm stealing this outright from Dan Bongino. When Donald Trump becomes president, you fire every last member of the DOE, and then you, 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 you just get rid of the IRS. You get rid of the DOE. You get rid of the FDA. And then you're like, well, man, there'll, there'll be a media firestorm. Of course, but you just keep firing people so, they, so the firestorm can't keep up with you. You fire 150 people the first day, and when they get all upset about it, you fire 400 the next. And you actually respond to them being upset by firing more than you fired the day before. That's how you deal with these people. You fight fire with fire. That's what you're supposed to do. All right, let's go this. I have to show you this to, about defunding the police. It's always so funny now that the left is trying, the Democratic Party is now trying to flip the defund the police narrative onto you and me, saying that you and I try to defund the police because we want to get rid of the FBI. Two different, very different things. I'm not for defunding the police. I am for defunding the brown shirts, Goebbels, Gestapo for the Democratic Party. That I am in favor of defunding. But what they do is they attach funding. Like there's different grants that get put out to local law enforcement. Believe me, I know 25 years local cop right here, Sarasota County, Florida, 1992 to 2017, retired about six years ago. So you get all sorts of federal funding from the feds for this project, that project, whatever it may be. And what they do is they attach that funding to say a pro-abortion bill or a pro-trans bill. And so all the Republicans don't vote for it. And then they say that they're in favor of defunding the police. While they, at the jurisdictional level, at the local level, are actually defunding the police, i.e. London Breed, here she is, decades, here's her excuse, decades of disinvestment and racially disparate policies have disproportionately hurt our African-American community in, in, in San Francisco. Just show me all the people who've been erroneously convicted, please. Supervisor, whatever, Walton, and I will lead, the look at the data on the bottom, 6-4-23 years ago, and I will lead the effort to redirect, redirect, which means defunding, redirect funding from the San Francisco Police Department to support the African American community in the upcoming budget. So take away your police, take away all the money from your police, and put it into some superfluous 
African-American community budget. What is the African-American community budget, I'd like to know, in comparison to a real police budget? So then what happens? Go to the next one for me, Will. So here's where we are three years later. And she looks like she's put on uh, about 50 pounds, about 50 pounds since she took office. So she's averaging about, you know, 30, uh, 25, 30 pounds a year. All right, San Francisco Mayor Breed asked new U.S. attorney for help against drug dealing. The problem is beyond our local capacity. Notice the date. If you can see it there, it's March 31st, 2023. Oh, and, and by the way, I'd be remiss in, in, in stating that March 31st is what? Transgender Visibility Day. We're only one day past it. Is today the first? Yeah. Oh, there we go. I just want to, or was, or was, it, was it the 30th? The 30th. Oh, it was the 30th. Was it the 30th? Oh, sorry. My, my, so we're two days past it. Trans, transgender Visibility Day is March 30th. Just remember that. Put that on your calendar to put out your transgender visibility decorations every year. So in celebration of that, she's calling on, she needs help because her own policies have caused her streets to be full of needles, her streets to be full of feces, her streets to be full of crime, her streets to be full of vehicular burglaries, her streets to be full, are full of drugs, her streets are full of homeless who are actually committing many of these crimes. But she doesn't have any police to actually answer the crimes. And that's why, of course, businesses are pulling out, conventions are pulling out, and, and, and you can't even, the police won't even respond if your car's broken into and if you can commit up to $900 worth of theft and it not be considered a felony in San Francisco through her, through her defunding of the police, through her, through her lawlessness, through her deeming uh, criminal actions to not be crimes any longer. And now she's crying out for help. So whenever they falsely accuse you, because they're always, they're always projecting of us defunding the police. Remember my explanation earlier, the people who are really defunding police are people like London Breed, and they are reaping that which they have sown. Go to the next one for me, Will. Just one, here we are in celebration of trans, trans, uh, Transgender Visibility Day two days ago. Here's what Madonna does. So you have a transgender woman pretending to be a man Go into, a woman just dressed as a man, goes into the Covenant School in Nashville and murders six people, three of, three of which are nine-year-olds. And here is Madonna's, and of course, Joe Biden's response is, let's reward that behavior. Did, you, did, it, did anybody hear prior to this that there was going to be a transgender visibility day that was going to take place? And look at the date on this. Three days after it, after the slaughter. She does this, I believe, the day of the slaughter. Joe Biden comes in and rewards them with their own day. In other words, let's encourage the transgender community to commit acts of murder and violence against the non-transgender community, right? Madonna does the same thing. And then they accuse you and I of being the violent ones. They accuse you and I of being the Nazis. They're the ones who ban. They're the ones who censor. They're the ones who have stormtroops. They're the ones, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and now the transgender movement are basically all violent. They are the Nazis. They're the ones who want you masked, forced Mengele-style experimentations and mRNA vaccinations. They're the Nazis. They need to be called Nazis. I don't, listen, you need to understand how the, how the, psych, how the psychology works. Nazis will call you a Nazi to usher in their own Nazism. That's how they are. So here she is. Bob and I will see you from the stage in Nashville where we will celebrate the beauty that is the uh, queer community. Madonna announces Nashville show benefiting trans rights. So she is rewarding a multi-murderer and saying, 
do it again, just like Joe Biden did. I mean, I want you to think about the audaciousness of having a transgender visibility day three days after a transgender person slaughters six people. In the audacity of, of Madonna putting on, putting on a concert after, the, after a transgender person slaughters six Christians. Just so you know, this is where we are at. They are rewarding the violent. They are all the, they are the violent ones. They butcher 41.2 million kids per year and then say they're four trans kids. Let me ask you this. Out of that 41.2 million, 2 million in the United States per year, that we know about because California and New York don't report their abortion statistics. So who knows how many there really is? And that's a UN stat right there, 41.2 million. So it could be double that because they're leftist globalists, bourgeois leftist elitists. So they're not going to be honest about anything. So how many of that 41.2 million were trans kids? They allegedly care about trans kids, gay kids, right? Uh, black kids. They, of course, don't care about anybody white except themselves. But how many of them were black kids that they butchered? How many? She, she's all for female rights, but she's all for a minimum of 20 million females being butchered in the womb every year. You just need, we need, we just need to see the reality of how violent these people are, which goes back to the judicial system. People who are violent, murdering people who reward murderers like Madonna's doing, like Joe Biden did, just please understand, they will, they'll sleep like babies at night, falsely accusing you of a crime, impaneling a grand jury, and then put it, getting a warrant issue for your arrest, bring you in in front of a blue jury and convict you for seven or eight years behind bars, or more, or more. We got the, the one six prisoners are still in jail for misdemeanors over two years later. All right, let's go on to COVID and vaccines. Canico's uh, uh, Substack video. Rand Paul responds to Fauci. I'll leave it at that. We'll talk about it afterwards. Play it for me give you a chance to respond to something Dr. Fauci said about you uh, during this uh, documentary uh, about him that was just released this week. Rand Paul was insidiously throwing into his little questions that the work that was done in the Wuhan lab funded by a small grant from NIH, a strong implication that that created a virus that made COVID. I have 10,000 grants throughout the world. What they've done is that they've looked at various grants and they make something of it that it isn't. The microbe they were working on not only was not SARS-CoV-2, it would be molecularly impossible for them to turn it into SARS-CoV-2. They were so different. It's kind of like you have a Chevrolet and you got a motorcycle. And you say, I want to make that Chevrolet into the motorcycle. No matter what you do to that Chevrolet, you're not going to make it into a motorcycle. Like, what are you talking about? You can't turn a car into a motorcycle? Case closed. Uh, this research could not have caused COVID. Does that make sense to you? Well, he's arguing a straw man argument. We have never argued that anything that's been published by the Wuhan lab became COVID-19. What we are arguing is that the lab in Wuhan has over 100 coronaviruses that they've manipulated in lab and have not published. We also know that in 2018, they asked the U.S. government for money to do research where they would take a coronavirus and insert a furin cleavage site. A furin cleavage site is a special part of the S protein that allows the virus to infect humans easier. And DARPA turned them down. This is an agency of the Defense Department because they thought it was too dangerous. 
But we know they were asking to do this. And a year later, a year and a half later, lo and behold, we get COVID-19. And what is COVID-19? A coronavirus with a furin cleavage site. So we turn up with a very unusual virus that's not been seen in nature before that is exactly what they asked us to create a year before. Coincidence, in the city where most all of the world's coronaviruses are stored, coincidence. I mean, there's just too much going on here. And what we want to do is look at... So there you go. I wanted you to hear that because Fauci, of course, is saying, you got to understand how Fauci works in the midst of his lies. It's just like fear, false evidence appearing real. There's always an essence of truth in his bull-faced lies. What he's saying is, and he's been, he's been testifying in front of the Senate, in front of the Congress for the last three years of 15 days to flatten the curve, saying that the, the virus, the, the COVID-19 virus, could not have originated from the Wuhan lab. Well, it couldn't, he could not have originated from what the Wuhan lab has released. He never says that, but basically what's happened is, is the Wuhan Institute of Virology has released a certain amount of coronaviruses that they were working on. And I could get deep dive into each and every one of those things because the only reason why they were able to work on them is because of Ralph Barrick at UNC with Xi Lee, the back lady, were in cooperation with one another that they were even able to do gain-of-function research, but that's beside the point. So what he's saying is, is of the, vi- Anthony Fauci saying that, of the viruses that they've allowed us to see, none of those could even be, gen- it, it's not, as he says in his, his stupid little accent, it's not even genetically possible that any of those could have led to COVID-19. Of the ones the Chinese Communist Party has released, like the Chinese party is going to admit that they caused this, that they created this virus in conjunction with the NIH, in conjunction with Ralph Barrick, in conjunction with Peter Daszak and the Equal Alliance and Anthony Fauci, in conjunction with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They're going to release that information? Oh, Anthony Fauci is lying here because what he's saying is, no, this could not have come from the lab because I've looked at what they've released from the lab. There's over a hundred viruses that they haven't released from the lab. And are we ever going to see that? That's how they lie. This is how it works in Washington, D.C. They have a very protected data set and they lie off of it. It's just like, it's just like the senators from the Democratic Party who never, who never saw the Fusion GPS report, the Steele dossier. They say, well, I never, I never read the Steele dossier. That's what they said. You know, uh, Brennan said that. John Brennan said, the former head of the CIA. He said, I never, I never read the Steele dossier. Well, he didn't name it the Steele dossier. He called it the dossier of Steele. So that he could say he didn't read the Steele dossier, but he had all of the papers from the Steele dossier. He just didn't name it Steele dossier so that he could go up and not perjure himself by saying he didn't read the Steele dossier. That's all that Fauci's doing here. He's saying that of the viruses that we were allowed to see from the Chinese communist-controlled Wuhan Institute of Virology, a bioweapons lab, level four bioweapons lab, like they're going to show you the coronavirus that has been unleashed upon the world and and, and they owe trillions of dollars worth of punitive damages. They're going to just admit to it. They're just going to, no, they're going to put out a bunch of viruses that of course could never have developed into the COVID-19 virus. That makes sense. That's what they're doing. So that that that's that that's how Fauci. You want to call it effectively lies? Not really effectively, but he, that's how he lies. And of course, 
They were, DARPA turns them down for doing uh, it's a, a furon cleavage site, attach, basically attaching you know, through ACE receptors, a, a, a bat coronavirus and making it transmissible to humans, turned down by DARPA. And then, of course, uh, Anthony Fauci goes on an end around through Peter Dosick and the Equal Health Alliance and does it anyway. And one year later, after it's turned down from DARPA, it magically appears. And what's, what is the, what is the coronavirus evident? A furon cleavage site. But it, what it can't be because it's not one of the viruses that they allowed us to see from the Wuhan Institute of Virology when they're hiding over 100 more. Anthony Fauci, Peter Daszak, Ralph Barrick, and, and, and Bill Gates, and of course the CCP and the PLA, through gain-of-function research, caused this virus. They know it. He's lying. Now let's look at some statistical data. The Vigilant Fox video, and Edward Dowd, make sure you follow him on social media. This is the greatest crime scene I've ever seen. Play it for me. When this COVID thing happened, there were a lot of beneficiaries from it. Uh, central banks got off the hook uh, from what was what I saw as a global slowdown. So they were able to print un- unprecedented, yes. pr- unprecedented amounts of money to cover up what we're going to have eventually is a glo- global sovereign debt default that's coming. Um, so they got off the hook. You had uh, the tech companies excited, looking at their chops for the new surveillance economy. They knew that was coming. So they joyfully entered into a uh, partnership with the government to censor any dissent. And they were going to be excited about those future cash flows or surveillance. Then you had the pharma companies who were going to be able to make money off of what they saw uh, were unlimited vaccine quarterly injections. That was the plan at the time. Quarterly boosters ad infinitum under the color of law. And then you had the media companies who were getting uh, cash flows from uh, pharmaceutical companies and also the government. We, we found out the government paid media companies to um, promote the vaccine. So I, I, I don't view it as a bunch of people sitting in a room smoking cigars, laughing maniacally. I just view it as momentum built and there was a, a conspiracy of interests. And everybody now that the, the vaccine is coming to light, that it's causing death and injury, they all have an, a, an interest to keep this thing under wraps. And I don't think it's a, cons- you know, a bunch of people conspiring to do it. They all had their hand in the momentum and the disaster. So they want to keep the, the lid on this, is my opinion. You use the term disaster. That doesn't sound like an overstatement. No, not at all. This is the, this is the, the greatest uh, crime scene I've ever seen in my life. The greatest human, hum, humanitarian toll we're ever going to talk about. And it's going to last with us for years to come. The economic ramifications are stark. If you see all these help wanted signs, they're from the disabled of America. We don't have a lot enough people to fill the the employment. There we go. So there, I just want to I want to put out the money line for you here. Tech, of course, gets big money through this pandemic, through surveillance. Banks get it through printed cash. Pharma gets it from, from a mandated forced vaccination. The media gets all that money from pharma and the government receives money. We all know that the latest payment made from Moderna to the NIH was $400 million. Moderna paid the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, paid for by your tax dollars, which is supposed to be a non-biased source. The very people that the FDA is in charge of regulating receive 44% of their money from the people they're in charge of regulating. And the Moderna just gave $400 million to who's supposed to be regulating them. 
You gave $400 million to the people who decide how often you should take the vaccination, if the vaccination should be mandated. Not that they have ever have the legal precedent to do that, but they're the ones who make that decision. They're receiving money from the company that benefits from the decisions that they make. This is, this is the real world. Back to Edward Dowd, Pfizer knew in their clinical trials that more people died in the vaccine group than the non-vaccine group. Play it for me. I can definitively say not only is it not effective, it's not safe at all. And you know, what's curious, uh, Larry, is, and I, I think this might be coincidence, but it does, it, it does sing to me, uh, in the clinical Pfizer, uh, uh, the Pfizer trial that they tried to hide for 75 years, um, the excess, uh, the all-cause mortality of the uh, vaccine group was 23% higher than the all-cause mortality of the placebo group. Wow. And what do we have today currently running in the U.S. for excess mortality? 23%, according to our numbers. Right. I just find that curious. There you go. There's the number. That's what's real. They, when they, they came out, Anthony Fauci, I just saw a goofy video uh, yesterday of Anthony Fauci's wife coming out in defense of Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci's wife, who's in charge of the bioethics division of the NIH, which the FDA contracts out their approval services to. So Anthony Fauci's wife decides whether a vaccination is those vaunted three words, safe and effective. During the vaccine trial, which of course Pfizer tried to suppress for 75 years, keep confidential, for redacted for 75 years, lost in a federal lawsuit, so all their information is coming out, which is wherever Dowd's getting his information from. We now have found out that more people died of all causes, whether it's COVID or anything else, in the vaccine group then the placebo group, in other words, the non-vax group in their own trials. And then you have Rochelle Walensky, Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks. Well, she was, but she never got involved in the vaccination, so I take her name back. Francis Collins and everybody else come out, Joe Biden, and even Donald Trump came out and said this vaccine was safe and effective. Did any of them actually read the Pfizer reports before? And again, always ask this question. When somebody makes a proclamation, ask them from where they're receiving that information from. When they make a proclamation, ask them, from where did you get that opinion from? Where did you derive that? What information did you use to derive that opinion? Just curious. When you say safe and effective, what information are you reading that led you to believe what you just proclaimed? That's all. That's, uh, that's it. Because when, if they were actually to read this, and you saw that more people died who were vaccinated than unvaccinated in the clinical trial... Not to mention 28 of 32 women miscarried. And then they deem it safe and effective for pregnant women. And it's a holocaust right, right now what's going on. An absolute holocaust. And I don't, and listen, you shouldn't say that. That's disrespectful. I, listen, I'm telling you right now, Edward Dowd himself has the death count at about 5 million worldwide right now. 800,000 in the United States. You can't hide that. Time. You don't think you can hide 800,000 deaths in a country of 350 million people? A thousand thousands is a million. It's eight hundred thousand. It's not. It, it's not even one three hundredth. It's not even one three hundredth of America. One three hundred fiftieth of America. You don't think you can hide that? The vigilant fox again. Is it, where am I at? Pfizer new? No. What's the next one? There we go. Yeah, vigilant fox video. Edward Dowd. There's a smoking gun. Play it for me. There's a smoking gun in the UK data that we found where um, uh, once the vaccines were introduced. Age, all, all age groups except one through 14 started having excess deaths. One through 14 age group, their vaccines were introduced later around November of uh, 2021. 
excess mortality for that age group was coming down during the lockdowns because the largest single cause of death in that age cohort is accidental. So less activity. Mm-hmm. So their excess mortality was coming down, down, down. And even, even when the lockdowns uh, uh, came off in the spring uh, in the UK, their, their excess mortality kept coming down. Then in November of 2021, it started going back up for age group 1 through 14. That's when the vaccine was introduced in the UK. It's no longer, I think, being offered for kids. And I think they just suspended boosters for under 50 as well in the UK. Or they're no longer promoting it. Uh, so what's happening is all through 2020 in this epicenter of this bubonic plague, uh, part two, and, 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 and they say you have to vaccinate these kids. Well, it's funny because in all of 2020, the excess death rate for one to 14-year-olds went down. Wait a minute. We have to vaccinate these kids to keep them alive. We're in the epicenter of the alpha variant, the most virulent variant. And we, we have to vaccinate masks social distance, lock down all their schools because they're all going to die. Their excess mortality went down. Strange, isn't it? You know, why did their excess mortality go down? Because they were, well, you catch 76% of all COVID cases are in your own, caught in your own home. So it isn't that. Because if you're locked down, most kids, what's the number one cause of death for kids? Accidents. So of course, if they're locked down and they can't go on ski trips, motorcycle trips or anything else because you can't have somebody out riding alone in the motorcycle in the middle of the woods, they might spread COVID five miles away through when they sneeze. So strangely, all throughout 2020 and then all throughout 2021, their excess tests were precipitously going down. Even when they reopen the schools, it's strange, isn't it? Because that should show right there they don't need to be vaccinated because even after schools were open and they were allowed to be back together, their excess mortality was going down. Less kids were dying than normal in the midst of the epicenter of the pandemic, which should eliminate any need for them ever to be vaccinated. But of course, we don't, we don't use facts and logic in this society. We use, we use drama and let's all play pretend. But lo and behold, a very strange thing happened. As soon as they started the vaccine rollouts for zero to 14 year olds, their excess mortality went from being on the decline to a precipitous incline. Strange, isn't it? Just like everybody else who didn't need to be vaccinated, let alone vaccinated with an experimental Mengele style gene therapeutic. But lo and behold, they started to die when? Not during the pandemic, post-vaccination. And just like the same stats that I've been giving you for months, more people have died in Australia in 2022 than 2020 and 2021 combined. How can that possibly be if it's not the vaccination that's killing people? And that's not even, that's of COVID-19, not the other excess deaths. Not the pulmonary embolism, the myocarditis, the pericarditis, the strokes, the capillary blood clotting the weird uh, fibrous blood clots that aren't even blood that are found in people. I'm not even counting that. More people have died in Australia of COVID-19 in 2022 than 2021 and 2020 combined. When 96% of your population is vaccinated, that's absolute fact. That's from them. And then you still got Dan Andrews pimping and whoring vaccines. One more time from Edward Dowd. Pharma's immunity goes bye-bye. Play it for me. Even if uh, Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, and the others acknowledged the excess deaths, they financially are immune from lawsuits. Well, they are if, well, there's two things. 
two things. Um, if they committed fraud in the, in the, in the, in the clinical trials, that fraud videates all contracts. There's currently a, a whistleblower, Brooke Jackson, who's taking them to court, claiming that fraud occurred, that they unblinded the trials. So we'll see on that point. I'm also of the opinion that, um, and in their defense, they're saying that uh, they that they're not they're, they, that that they can't be accused of committing fraud because the government told them to. But literally, that's one of their defenses in in, in this case. Mm-hmm. But uh, aside from that, I believe that if uh, this comes to light and it seems to be coming to light, um, there won't be a judge in the land that won't come up with a new ruling saying they violated the spirit of immunity. There, there will be something. There, there's no way this will stand. You know that, and I know that. We know the law Law can be changed. Yeah, the, the analogy is cigarette smoking and the, what the tobacco companies knew about cigarette smoking and how the judges came down on them for concealing their data or rationalizing their data. So I, I, think, I think you're probably right. The greatest sentence of all in that interview was, you, of course, what you had was you had Billy Gates, right, at the beginning of this. He said that in order... For you to get this Operation Warp Speed, you're like, don't attack Trump. I'll attack Trump whenever he does something stupid. I'm still voting for him. I'm just telling you, I'm, a, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a sycophant. You got in order to get this Operation Warp Speed in place. Bill Gates said, you know what? Get all these people. You know, Bill Gates, who is now divested from mRNA vaccinations after he made about 600 million off of them. Now he's divested. He's made, and now he's bad mouthing them. Think about, think about the level of immorality you have to have to pimp and whore vaccinations. You knew it didn't work. You knew caused pulmonary embolisms, caused heart attacks, caused myocarditis and pericarditis, caused birth defects and miscarriages and, and fibrous blood clots. Knowing that the entire time, pimping and whoring them, knowing them that knowing that they don't work, getting them out of as many people, five billion people vaccinated, knowing they don't work, knowing that you caused mass mass death, and then. After the, after you've made your money, pull out and say they don't work. Amazing, isn't it? That's who these people are. That's who funded the making of the alpha variant of COVID nineteen. People like him, but the greatest the greatest statement in that video is the well. Bill Gates comes out and says, "Well, you have to in order for Operation Warp Speed to work to get these vaccinations out to everybody because we're not going to return to normal until until all the world is vaccinated." Remember, Bill Gates said that. He, he said, you have to grant these, these pharmaceutical companies what's called indemnity, which means they cannot be sued. No matter how many people die, no matter, no matter how many people are infirmed, no matter how many people's lives are destroyed, you can't sue them. And he said, here's one of their defenses. This is what they're working right now because they know it's coming. Pfizer knows it's coming. Moderna knows it's coming. AstraZeneca knows it's coming. Johnson & Johnson knows it's coming. One of their defenses is, quote, they can't commit fraud because the government told them to do it. You can't commit a crime because somebody else told you to do it. Well, that's good to know, isn't it? So I guess I can go out with Will tomorrow. I'll just I'll ask Will. Hey, Will, ask me to steal that Ferrari because if you ask me to do it and I do it, that means I'm not guilty of a crime. And neither are you, by the way, because neither one of them are going to be charged. But just so everybody knows, this is the actual truth. If they committed fraud, which we all know that they did, labeling things safe and effective that are not safe and effective, knowingly doing that, knowing that more people died in the vaccine group than the non-vax group, their indemnity is lifted and we need to fight back. Amen. Love you all. See you next time. God bless you. If you enjoyed watching the Tom Lively podcast, would you consider investing in the program? 
Go to TomLively.com and donate any amount to the podcast and we will send you this exclusive TLP shirt. So what is the will of God? Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. That's a qualified verse, though. Christians use that to say that the will of God is unfolding in their life. If your business stinks, it's not the will of God. If your family stinks, that's not the will of God. He is not working for your good. He's not, he's not using your compromise and your rejection of the Word of God for your good. Because Romans 8, 28 is qualified with 27, and nobody reads 27. Why is that? Because it puts, it puts the responsibility on the believer. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. He is working for your good. In that, he's listening to how you pray. Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. That's the good that he's doing. He's honed in solely on the voice of the Spirit. Are you praying the Holy Ghost? That's the good he's listening to. Not your compromise, not your sin, not your worry, not your fear. Not your bad attitude and working for your good. The only good he's working is what the Holy Spirit is telling him to do. It's only good.